Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Oh, awesome. Somebody's awesome. That's great. Sherry, it is so amazing to see you this morning. It is so awesome. How many love it when Sherry shows up? Hey, I, I got some I got some here for you right now. Some of you know that what we do at here at the very beginning is we send out little notes of encouragement. Encouragement. Lord knows what the craziness going on. We need more of it. Amen. Oh man, I see some good. All right, here we go. Sherry, right on the top. Look at this. It is so encouraging to see you this morning. It brings me joy to fellowship with you. Amen and amen. I'm going to add a ditto to that. So, all right. Woohoo. Uh, oh, I got to put the mic on? Okay. All right. Man, if I were professional, I'd be dangerous, wouldn't it be? Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Let's see. Sherry. Man, there you go. Sherry, I love seeing your beautiful smiling face. Amen. There we go. Give it to Sherry. All right. Jamie, I love your hugs. You are a big encouragement. I got to tell a story about Jamie, but I don't have time, but it's a sweet, sweet story. She risked her life for me on my birthday. I, it's, I'm telling you what, this Jamie's amazing. There you go. Okay, Jamie, we love you. Lawrence and Angie, woo We love to see you too. It is always great to see you. We love fellowshipping with you with the big old heart. There you go. So Lars and Angie are right back there. Okay. The Steiner family. Good morning. It's great to see you. See, you showed up and you're going to be encouraged. You didn't even know that. See, you're special. It's great. In the Lord, we're all special, right? But you're special this morning. It's great to see you and have you fellowshipping with us today. And you got a big heart, too. There you go. All right. Jeffrey. I don't know if I can read this one. I did not write this one, okay? So for those of you out in, in, in the television land, I did not write this one, but it's funny. Jeffrey. You're a pain in the... Can preachers say rumpus? <laughs> well, <laughs> Jeffrey, you're a pain in the rumpus, but I still love you so much, heart. And you got a smiley face, too. Wow, he must be special. There you go. Good job. Okay. Wow. <laughs> if I were in a different place, I couldn't have got away with that one. I know for sure. All right. Ah, uh, let's see. Tamara, you are such a beautiful person. You are so sweet, and I love your hugs. I think I know who wrote that one. All right. Rick and Janelle and family. Man, handsome family. It is such a blessing to see you in church today. Welcome, and God bless you, and hope you are encouraged in his love. Lars and Angie, isn't that sweet? This is a great, this is awesome. Man, you're in it. You're on it. This is awesome. That's great. Okay, Blake and Desi, you two are such a great, 
solid couple, such a wonderful example to those around us. Thank you for being a good backbone of the church. Amen. All right. There you go. It's always, uh, my mom used to say, uh, quiet waters run deep. And you know, you might think Desi and Blake are kind of quiet. And... Who thinks that? <laughs> I know. Why don't you get to know them? They're not. So anyway, Christian, I so appreciate you helping to lead John uh, Price to Christ. Without you, he, he would not be in Christ today. Awesome way to live and share the faith of Christ. Good job, my friend. You're a great brother in Christ. I appreciate you a ton. All right. A note was given to me this morning, and, and uh, I want to suggest that you be mindful of those who have respiratory complications in their life. And so if you're going to spend time close to them, please wear your mask. That would be fantastic. Also, too, don't be hugging on people unless they're okay with you hugging on them, okay? Uh, some people don't like hugs in general. A lot of people right now are a little bit, you know, and I'm okay with that. We got to be mindful and thoughtful of others. So there you go. All right. I have some announcements this morning real quick. I love doing the, the notes of encouragement first, though. Uh, tonight, Logan Drillinger, preacher extraordinaire in training. Pit, pit preacher, preacher in training. He's going to be preaching tonight. And because of the, uh, uh, not there wasn't a weather warning, uh, weather warning this morning, but it's going to be 88, they said. And if it's 88 outside, for those of you who have ever been in this building, when it's 88 outside, how hot is it in here? 104, or at least feels that way. So, once again, we're going to have the air conditioning home of uh, Bill and Sharon Compton uh, hosting. And so, uh, we hope that you can make it out uh, for that. It starts at 6 o'clock at our place, and Logan Drillinger uh, is preaching on humility. And I'll tell you what, uh, I let the preachers, the young preachers, choose whatever they wanted to choose. And uh, I got really convicted by reading over his notes. He let me look over his notes. And... Uh, you know, if Jesus was the most humble man in the world, and I think we can get an amen on that one, the Bible says Moses. Moses was a humble man. Man, look at what he had to go through, and yet he continued to humble himself to serve uh, people. So anyway, I'm excited about hearing what uh, is going to be preached tonight. Uh, Monday night study for the, the young couples and uh, the 20-somethings. Uh, 5.45 dinner at uh, and study at the Compton Homestead for those who can make it. G4 Summit is coming up Thursday night. Preaching starts at 7. And so get your 4x4 or follow Scott up on the coming in on the east side. I guess you can take a normal car up there. Is that right? You still need a 4x4? 4x4? Yeah. 4x4 or all-wheel drive or something like that? Okay. So uh, going up to uh, Iris and Taylor Lakes, and that'll be Thursday, 7 o'clock, we'll start preaching. And then some stay over for Sunday and uh, break bread up there. That's fine. Uh, but lots of us come back on Sunday. So however that works out for you, looking forward to seeing you. If you don't have a ride in, let me know, and we'll see. We'll make it work. Uh, finally, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. We missed our ice cream social. How many think that's really awful? Yeah, I think it's awful. How many have been to the ice cream social? How many love the ice cream social? Oh, man. I'm telling you what. It's the one time that I can cheat really bad publicly and feel good about it. 
until afterwards. But anyway, it's uh, we missed that one, but we're going to have the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar right here. And we haven't set a date yet because this, the football schedule is kind of interesting right now, if you haven't noticed. So uh, we always want to do it on an away game because when the Ducks are away, you know, the diehards go with them, but the rest of, of humanity stays around Eugene Springfield. So we got to find that date, but we're going to start planning. So listen for the next planning meeting for our Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar coming up in November. Any other announcements besides this amazing announcement that I was handed to this morning? It's very lovely. Ladies game night. When? Five o'clock Thursday, the 6th of August, when all of the guys are going up in the woods to play. Where? The Kirkpatrick's home. Uh, what? You're going to have games and finger foods. If you need any information, call Emma. And uh, I'm not going to give these numbers out loud because uh, of internet stuff. But call Emma or Miriam. Bring your favorite finger food, appetizer, or dessert to share. That should be. Are you going? Do you know? Yeah. Are you bringing a uh, ticket to ride? Yeah, okay. Oh, they have them all? Okay, it's going to be a wild night over at the Parks Place. I'm just saying, it should be fun. So, anyway, with that. I know, but you're going to be there, right? Did I say Parks House? I'm sorry, it's the Kirkpatrick's house. But but Melissa's going to be there. <laughs> That's kind of what I meant. Wow. All right. I better get into the scripture. I do a lot better when I'm grounded by the word. Let's turn in our Bibles. Grab your, grab your lesson plans. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms in chapter 16. Psalm 16. There are some amazing messianic prophecies in the scripture, and we are going to be reading uh, two of them. And so I uh, am excited about reading out of Psalm 16 and also to Psalms 110. Psalms chapter 16, beginning in verse 7. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Great prophecy about Jesus Christ and uh, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Let's turn now to the book of Psalms 110. Psalms 110. We'll begin in verse 1. We'll read all seven verses of this chapter. Again, a messianic prophecy about Jesus Christ. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. I'm going to change that a little bit. The Lord God, our Father, says to his Son, Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. 
Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array from the womb of dawn, your youth are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the according to the order of Melchizedek. Now let me read that one a little bit differently. The Lord God, our Father, has sworn and will not change his mind. You, my son, Christ Jesus, are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we're so thankful that you have granted to us a peek into the mystery of the gospel in the Old Testament. We know that the Old Testament is the mystery concealed. In many of the, of the prophecies and, and in many of the books uh, of the Old Testament, there is the gospel concealed, hidden, as it were, as a mystery. And yet, Father, our God, we are so thankful that you revealed this mystery in the pages of the New Testament to us, that we might embrace the truth of the gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ, and that we might dwell with you in glory. And Father, I am thankful that your scriptures are clear, very clear, Father, who we are as Christians and where we are in the spirit right now as Christians in this life, in this world. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to remember these things as we begin to, to finish this last part of Psalms 1611. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever, it says. And the theme of this year has to do with the presence of God and our presence as Christians, anointed ones, followers of Jesus Christ in this world. There's power in the presence of God. But this one little part of Psalms 1611 is huge, is absolutely gigantic when it comes to an understanding of who we are as Christians and how we have the power to change the world as Christians. Many of the lessons we've talked about so far, I hope you've been watching online and if you have not been able to make it here, but many of the lessons we've already talked about we're going to touch on in review to prepare ourselves for an understanding of what it means to be in the, the, the strong right arm of the Lord where there are pleasures forever. And I wanted to jump right in and talk about the pleasures forever. You know what? Being a Christian, being in Christ, it should be the most pleasurable life you've ever had. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be trials. That doesn't mean there's not going to be, uh, you know, the world falling down around you because we know that it is. Jesus said people will cry peace, peace, but in this world there is no peace. But in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you can have peace every moment of every hour. Are you in Christ Jesus? If you are, do you have the mind of Christ? Do you understand the truth 
of what Christ has done for you? That's the key for this morning's lesson. You know, let's go back to Psalms and and, and chapter 16 and, and verse 11. And I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. You know, when I read the scriptures, I'm always asking questions. I learned that in college. Uh, I was not a, a, a very good reader uh, in the elementary school and really throughout my uh, um, secondary education. But then when I went to college, I failed my first year in college. Not that I was dumb. It's just that I, I didn't understand how to read properly to glean information for comprehension's sake. But when you go to college, you really have to be able to get the information and retain it. Amen. And so uh, I had two people who uh, helped me uh, learn how to do that. And one of the things that I do, and I would encourage you to do, is always ask questions when you're reading the scriptures and then look into the scriptures to find the answers to those questions. So let's read Psalm 16 and verse 11 once again. You will make known to me the path of life. Question. What is the path of life, Lord? When I read and start to open the book, show me specifically what the path of life is. And we did that here. But look at the second part here. In your presence is fullness of joy. What does it mean to be in your presence, Lord? And fullness of joy? Man, this world is crazy. It's a crazy, scary place to be. And we're supposed to have fullness of joy? I asked the question, what is fullness of joy? Where do we get fullness of joy? When I was reading that for this year's series, I started searching the scriptures. What brings joy to the Christian? And as we talked about before, joy is you are able to have fullness of joy if you are in Christ and Christ is in you through the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't guarantee joy. If you walk as the Lord has called you to walk, as you live as the Lord has called you to live, then there is joy. You know, when you invest yourself in people and they become Christians and then they grow and are walking in the newness of life in Christ, the scripture says that those who are involved in that, they have no greater joy than to see their children walking in the truth. And that's not talking about biological children only, although it sure is great when your kids are walking in the truth. That's talking about those who are in Christ that you've helped lead to Christ. And so Christian helped in a huge way to, to, to communicate the life of Christ to John. And uh, John came and assembled with us, met us, was really excited to meet people who are genuine and real and didn't, and you should hear John talk about his first day here. In fact, I might ask him to come and share his first day experience here. It's like, wow. And you know what? It's all your fault. Really, it's all your fault. He said it was absolutely amazing because he had been looking for churches, but he saw Christ in Christian. And Christ, or Christian, Christ, Christian, Christian came alongside, befriended him, invited him out, and, uh, and John is our brother in Christ. It's awesome. But what about this right hand of God stuff? There's another mini-series. I feel it coming on. Okay? I hope you feel it coming on because it's coming on and we're starting today. Okay? We're going to talk about what does it mean, the strong arm of God. 
being in the strong arm of God where there are pleasures forever. And we're going to define what does a spiritual pleasure look like? I know that chocolate is a wonderful pleasure. I love chocolate, but we're not going to be talking about chocolate. I have no sermons on chocolate, okay? It's all about spiritual. Some of you got really excited about that one. Sorry, we're not going to talk about chocolate. We're going to talk about spiritual blessings. And again, joy comes from things you wouldn't necessarily think joy comes from. Pleasures, deep and abiding pleasures that God will grant to us. Some of them you'll be shocked at. But I want you to come back and I want you to come to an understanding in being in Christ, being in his strong arm, there are pleasures forever. Now, I just want to quickly read verse 8 down through verse 11, just as a little bit of a review, and you're going to see why I'm doing that. Psalms chapter 16, verse 8 through 11. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my, my, my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. I wish you could instantaneously memorize that because we're going to hear this passage of Scripture quoted by the Apostle Peter when he preaches the gospel. This is a part of the gospel. It's a mystery hidden, but it's talking about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to prove that to you this morning. But let's go to uh, Psalms chapter 110. 110. Psalms 110, and and we're going to read that. And and I'm just going to make a few comments there. Uh, I hope I can keep it to a few comments. For those of you who know me, I'm going to do my very... Quit smiling, Holly. Uh, I'm going to do my very best. And uh, so... In Psalms uh, uh, 110, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make my enemies a footstool for your feet. Remember that scripture. That scripture is going to be found in the first gospel sermon. By the way, that scripture, that one little verse, you know what it's actually doing? The, the, The one who wrote this psalm is amazing. He was a phenomenal teacher. He tells you the two parts of this psalm that he's going to talk about. It's an introduction to this psalm. What are the two parts here? The first part is, is the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. That's the first part. He'll talk about that in verses one, two, and three. And then the second part in verse one, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He's going to talk about that in that, in verse four through verse six. One of them has to do with Jesus Christ seated at the right hand of God in glory. The other is that someday, someday, he's going to come back and he's going to judge the nations. And so those two things are actually here and they're both talking about Jesus Christ. And so take a look at verse four. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. Brethren, can I share with you right now that as Christians, the embodiment of Jesus Christ, if you look to Jesus Christ in the scriptures, you never see Jesus Christ when he's in a physical body in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John condemning anybody. 
You don't see Jesus condemning anybody when he's in the flesh. Now, brother, when he comes back as king of kings and lord of lords, riding on his white horse, the one who's named faithful and true, he's coming back to judge. He came initially to save. And you think about all the people he talked to. There was an awful lot of people he talked to that really needed to get it right between the eyeballs. But he always gave them another chance, didn't he? Remember those guys that drug that woman who was caught in the very act of adultery? They drug her in and they say, Jesus, what do we do with this woman? She was caught in the very act of adultery. They, they knew what Jesus knew the law and what Jesus would say. But man, Jesus was a man of faith. He was faithful. He came to die for those knuckleheads who were law-minded. And he wrote Romans in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 in the sand. You can check it out later. If you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what he wrote in the sand. So he stands up and he says, Hey, anyone who has no sin can cast the first stone. Those boys needed to hear that so that they would have a change of heart so they wouldn't end up on the wrong side of eternity because they were wanting to condemn that woman. Jesus claimed to save that woman. Now, these were great teachers and doctors of the law. Jesus stood between them using the scriptures that they knew and they all walked away and then he looks at that woman and says, hey, where are your accusers? I don't know. Did they not condemn you? No, Lord. What did Jesus say? Now, she had committed adultery, and the law of Moses says you need to stone that woman to death. Jesus, being a faithful man, did what? He said, go and sin no more, because he knew there was a judgment day coming. Brethren, this passage of scripture that we're looking at here is so important. Jesus, right now, is seated at the right hand of God, and he has filled your body with his spirit. We are to look like the people in verses 1, 2, and 3. That's the picture that you should hold uppermost in your mind. A willing, excited, sacrificial army of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, leading people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. As Jesus did when he lived in a physical body, so he still lives in a physical body, and that's us. Now, brethren, let's get to the gospel message. Let's go to the book of Acts in chapter 2. And we're going to hear the Apostle Peter preaching the, the gospel message revealed, complete, for the very first time. Now we know the gospel message was uh, in a mystery throughout the Old Testament. We know that Jesus began to reveal the gospel when he was here. But I want you to listen to the gospel message this morning. And listen for the Old Testament prophecies that were drawn on by Peter, the Apostle, to teach this Jewish audience that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. Let's read, beginning in verse 22. Peter raises his voice. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man, attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him, the man, in your midst, just as you, you yourselves know. This man, delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men. In other words, you Jewish leadership, you nailed this man to the cross at, with the hands of the Roman soldiers. 
You nailed him to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. God raised him up, again putting an end to the agony of death since it was uh, impossible for him to be held in his power. Now this is where Peter quotes what we just read. He quotes Psalm 16. Let's read it together. 25, for David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You'll make me full of gladness in your presence. That's right out of Psalm 16. Verses 8 through 11. Let's read, read on. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned to hates nor did his flesh suffer decay. Remember, remember Psalm 16? That was Jesus. This Jesus God raised up to which we were all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise uh, of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, the, there it is, this is Psalms 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Speaking of judgment, the judgment of Christ on the last day. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? They believed that Jesus was the Christ. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah seated in heaven. They believed that he was coming back to judge the living and the dead. That's why they said, what do we do? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Peter responds, verse 38. And Peter said to them, repent and let each of you be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins to receive the indwelling present or the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise of the Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Now with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them saying, be saved. Notice they weren't saved yet. They believed that Jesus was the Christ, but they weren't quite there yet. Peter says, be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were immersed and they were out of that day about 3,000 souls. Now, if you go back and you dissect that sermon, there are seven important parts in there. Seven important parts. Jesus Christ came in the flesh as a man. He walked by faith and not by sight. He was crucified bearing our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day. He was seen by thousands of people after his resurrection before he ascended into heaven. He ascended into heaven where he is seated right now and someday he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. That's the seven part gospel that's preached both by Peter and by the apostle Paul. And if you go through and look at all the scriptures on the gospel, those seven very important facts about Jesus are spoken in the sermon. And then the scripture says that we need to obey the gospel. And you all know this, I hope. The only way that you can live a holy and blameless life in this physical body is for you to be crucified with Christ. Remember, he lived a holy and blameless life in his body as a man because he walked by faith and not by sight. 
He never sinned. But all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we must be crucified him with him, buried with him, as the scripture teaches, raised up with him to walk in newness of life so when people see us, they see Jesus and not the old yucky person that you were. And the scripture says, as we're going to read in just a moment, that all of us not only were raised up with him, but we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Present tense. Right now. We're seated in glory with him right now. We're seated in the right hand of God right now. We can experience pleasures forever right now. Before we transition to point number two, I have to ask this question. When does eternal life begin? When you die and fly away. Some glad morning when this life is over, fly away. Is that when that new life happens? When you fly away? When does eternal life begin? At immersion. When you die with Christ, when you're buried with Christ, when you're raised up with Christ to walk in newness of life. That's when it happens. So don't wait till you fly away to enjoy the pleasures forever. Hey, this thing is not a grind. Man, sometimes you look at people in Christ, it's like, oh, the grind is grind. That's not the life that Jesus came to give. He said, let me give you life and life more abundant. But sometimes you see it on people's faces. Grind and grind. I'm going to grind my way to the pearly gates. I'm grinding some blood day when this life is over. You know what? That's not how it should be. Pleasures forever right now. Now, I know it's hard to see for some of us when we got, I almost went political on you. I saved you. It's not in my notes. I'm not going there. Man, I want to go there though. But I'm not going there. So there are some people in this world that don't have the wisdom that we have and they're living a hopeless life and they think they can thrash and trash and that's going to make their life better. And they make life miserable for those of us who are striving to live the life. Do you think people were intentionally trying to make Jesus' life miserable? Yes, they were. And you take a look at Jesus. He found great joy in the little things like lunch with Zacchaeus. You go back and look. He found great pleasure in having lunch with Zacchaeus. I have great pleasure having full city coffee with, you know, whoever. See, it's kind of like Jesus. It's amazing the pleasures that we can have in this life right now when the world is falling apart. But we have to have the right mindset. We have to be focused on things above. Point number two. Ephesians chapter one. And in light of time, I'm going to cut it short. I hope. Ephesians chapter one. When you take a look at Ephesians chapter one, I want you to take a look at verse 20. Ephesians 1 and verse 20, the power of God did something for Jesus when he was in a physical body. And by the way, God has also done that for us because we're going to jump right into chapter 2. But just look at verse 20 and 21. God's might, which he brought about in Christ when he, God the Father, raised him, Jesus Christ, from the dead and seated him at his right hand. He seated Jesus Christ at his right hand 
in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the uh, one to come. Jesus Christ is seated in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority. Do you believe that scripture? Can I get an amen? And I'm not trying to force you to do something that you ought not to do. It says it right there. You can say amen. Amen. (laughs) I'm not trying to trick you. I know there are some preachers that do that. I hope I've never tried to do that. I don't think. Maybe I have, but I don't remember. I've forgotten. I'm not trying to trick you when I ask that question. He is seated at the right hand right now. Far above all rule and authority. Now, look at chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. He says, uh, And you, Christians, were dead in your trespasses and sins. There was a point in time in your life when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, a.k.a. the devil, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But, B-U-T is a great word. It is. We were that, but, listen what he's got to say now, Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that the glory of God might be manifest in his church. I did a cliff note statement on that one. That's exactly what's being spoken of there. We are seated with him in the heavenly places right now. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God and we are in Christ, so where are we seated? We're seated in what? The right hand of God. Do you believe God when he says, and you're going to enjoy pleasures forever? I hope you do, but it's okay to go, this is really okay to go, what are you talking about, Lord? Pleasures forever. Have you seen how messy it is down here right now? What were you talking about? That's okay to ask that question but it's not okay to not answer it. Did you hear that? It's okay to ask that question. What are you talking about, Lord? What are these pleasures? It's okay to ask that question, but it's not okay for you to go, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. You should know what those pleasures are. And you should also, Lord, how do I get them? I want them. There's nothing wrong with that. I want the pleasures forever. Okay, I'm going to pause, walk away from my notes very carefully. It always scares me when I do that. For those of you who've been around, you get a little scared too, I know. Okay, I'm just going to ask a question. Whenever you take your eyes off the Lord, like you don't read and think about and get ready for the day, you don't have a mindset that you are in Christ and the power is with you. And and have you ever walked into the day and you didn't have the right mindset and man, it was crazy bad. Anybody besides me have that experience? Okay. Wow. I'll tell you what, that day was not pleasurable. Not even close. Well, wait a minute. You just said that you were seated at the right hand of God where there's pleasures forever. What's your problem, buddy? Probably the same as you. I took my eyes off of Jesus. I took my eyes off of where I am and what that means. 
And I have to be honest with you. I'm still searching for the pleasures. I found a whole bunch of them and I'm going to share them with you, but I don't have them all dialed in, but I'm working on it. Wouldn't it be cool if you were working on it too? You know what I love is after a sermon, I get these texts from one particular woman in the audience and uh, it's really, really cool that she gives me these little texts. Oh, that was awesome. Have you seen this scripture? In the yellow. Okay. It's absolutely amazing. You know what? I look at that scripture and go, I didn't see that one before. I'm going to put that in my list of sermons. So some of the sermons I've preached, it's all her fault. <laughs> I'm not telling you which one, so you don't know which one's to blame her on and which one's to blame me on, okay? But the reality is, if we all search out the pleasures of God that he gives to the Christians, when we run into people that are so lost in this world and driven by Satan, which people are, they can see the pleasures of God in us. Transformational. How many would agree with me that in Romans chapter 6, it says that you're crucified with Christ in the waters of immersion, that you're buried with Christ in the waters of immersion, and that you're raised up from that water grave to walk in newness of life. Have you read that before? Please read Romans 6, verses 1 through 11. You know that last verse, verse 11? Most people don't know that verse. If you don't know that verse right off the top of your head, please go back and take a look at that in the context of Romans 6, verses 1 through 11. Romans 6, 11 brings it all together. What should you be constantly thinking about? What should you be constantly considering? Who you are, where you are, and the power available to you. I'm not talking prosperity gospel here. I'm talking about power of the abundant life. Even in the life this crazy world is living right now, we can have joy in its fullness and pleasures forever. God promised it. I believe him. When I don't have a pleasurable day, whose fault is it? Me. Ever planned your day out perfectly and it never goes the way you plan? And you go, man, that was a miserable day. It worked out just the way God planned it. He was testing you. You failed the test. You got to figure it out a little bit better, buddy. Oh, yes, praise God for this day. It's awesome. You're saying, are you kidding me? Go back and read the scriptures. Go back and read the scriptures. Look at the next one, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. And then, honestly, I will close... Uh, I'm going to skip Romans 8, although I hate doing that. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, the word if is an important word. If you have been raised up with Christ in the waters of immersion by faith, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Verse 3 is huge. Verse 3 and 4 together. Listen to what it says. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. You are dwelling in glory right now. Christ is in you, and you are in Christ. You know, we can read the scriptures and they sound really good, but I want to know what these pleasures are forever. Do you? 
because life hasn't been real pleasurable of recent on many days because of the overwhelming grief and concern I have for good men and women that I love and appreciate. So how can I have pleasures forever in this crazy world? We can. I want to know what they are. I want to know how to get them. You know what our next sermons are going to be about? What they are and how we can get them. Okay? Stay tuned. If you're not able to make it in the future, I pray that you'll listen to our, our Facebook Live. And if you can't make it during the time of the lesson, we save them and we uh, uh, have them available so you can check them out later. So if you want to know what the pleasures are and you want to know how to get them, stay tuned in the weeks to come. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for the blessing of your word. And Father, Romans in, in chapter 8, that passage that we didn't get to this morning, there's so much meat there. And uh, it's so exciting to know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And nothing can separate us from the love of God because we are in him and he is in us. And we are seated in the heavenly places with him. Far above all rule and authority. There's nothing that can touch us if we will walk by faith as Jesus did. Help us to recognize that that's one of the facets of pleasures forever, walking by faith. I pray you'll open our minds and our hearts to see that in the weeks to come, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want everybody to stand up. Come on, everybody stand up. And I want everybody to get all excited, okay? You want to get all excited? You're fine right there. Okay, here we go. What did Jesus say? He said to go. Here you go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that. Stop, stop, stop. You guys are way quiet. You should be excited, okay? Go tell. Let's get excited, okay? Here we go. What did Jesus say to you? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that. Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. Good job. Okay, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.